For seven weeks now, we've been in a series on perspective. Um, I think we've figured out that life um, is simply a matter of perspective. <clears throat> the difference between the grouchy you and the... I've never seen you be grouchy, Jen. Uh, I looked at you, but I didn't mean that. Um, the grouchy you and the joyful you, the difference between the mean you and the kind you, the difference between the worried you and the relaxed you, the difference between the anxiety-filled you and the calm you is simply perspective. It's perspective. We just came out of daylight savings, and it's getting darker earlier, and already some of you are shifting to grumpy mode. Perspective is already out the window. Uh, just the mention of certain topics um, like work tomorrow morning, Monday morning, like a certain person or individual and all of a sudden, perspective hits the road. It's gone. It doesn't take much for some of us. What is perspective? Perspective is the ability to put things in their proper place. To put things in their proper place. Now, what happens is um, things uh, that are not really a big deal at all, uh, oftentimes become so dominant, they become so big, we get fixated on them, and they literally determine our emotions. They can take over our day and ruin our day. <clears throat> they even determine our view and our perspective of God. In today's fast-paced world, the age of technology Many of you that are here today work in that age. We all live very full lives. Uh, things are coming at us at such a rapid pace. Um, and at any moment with our smartphones, we get up to the minute information um, of what's happening. And we can read about terrible tragedies that are across the globe in just minutes on our phone uh, a loss of a life or some crisis. And as a result, I think that sometimes we all kind of struggle with putting things in perspective. Someone said perspective is to remember that there is a God and you're not him, right? You're not the Messiah for your family. You're not the Messiah for your marriage. You're not the Messiah for your coworkers, there is a Messiah, there is a Savior, and he lives, and you and me are not him. Everybody said amen. The Bible says the government is on his shoulders. Um, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Come to him, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest for your soul. Everybody say your soul. So how do we regain perspective? Well, we're going to do what we do 
on every Sunday, we're going to turn to the Word of God. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it's a story about Jesus healing a paralyzed man. And so here's how it goes. On one of those days, he, a bunch of reading here, um, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. And um, they had come from every village of Galilee and Judah and Jerusalem. They were coming from everywhere. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, verse 18, some men were bringing a bed, um, on a bed, a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding uh, no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? In other words, is he claiming he's God? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So when Jesus perceived, and I think that's pretty interesting to listen to the word of God here when Jesus perceived. So Jesus knows what you're thinking. He perceived their thoughts and he answered them, which I think would be pretty interesting. Um, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? Where's the emphasis in this story? The emphasis, though we don't think much about it, is on forgiveness. Not the paralysis. Listen to Jesus and what he says here. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to what? To forgive sins. He says, listen, friend, I did this so that you know what's important. I did this so that you know what I'm focused on. So I I did this so you know my perspective. What I'm going to do is I'm going to heal the man who's paralyzed. And so Jesus heals the man. Yes, Jesus does care about your healing, but clearly what is most important here is forgiveness. Let me say it to you another way. Forgiveness is more, is far more important to Jesus than your physical healing. Listen to me, Jesus can heal. I've seen it many, many, many times right before my eyes, and many of you probably have too. I'll never forget um, my niece when she was just a little older than Hadley, my beautiful granddaughter. And she wouldn't eat. Dan, little Jennifer, she would not eat. She was 
really getting malnourished looking, like her eyes sinking in kind of, and her hair falling out. And um, they were trying, right then and there, we were all in Chicago with them, and they were trying to, to get her to eat. And my grandpa was there. How many remember the story of the breaking of the rope? You guys remember that? That grandfather was there, and he laid hands on her and prayed, and that girl ate from the next spoonful, and she's continuing to eat for the rest of her life. Healthy. I believe in healing. I believe in healing. But let's put the priority and the focus where Jesus puts it. Jesus says, all right, I'm going to heal him so that you know that I can forgive. I can forgive. Jesus is also saying forgiveness is far more costly, far more important than healing. And he goes on and he says in the scripture, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up uh, what he had been laying on and went home glorifying God. Now listen to verse 26. Listen to it closely. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and they were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things here today. You talk about perspective. Look at this verse, amazed. I mean, at, in, in awe. Uh, we've seen extraordinary things here today. And here's the thing, I think Luke 5, 26, it can happen to you and I today on a regular basis, if we put the focus where the focus is supposed to be, if we, if we get the, the right perspective, but I think that you and I are missing miracle after miracle right in front of our face every single day, we are waiting for limbs to grow out to finally say, I've been ex- seeing extraordinary things. I-, I would like to suggest to you today that if you have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus every day of your life, you can say, I have seen extraordinary things. My title today is Focus on Forgiveness. When I was a young man, um, I probably around 14, I don't know, somewhere around there, I loved sports and um, the guys at church, probably from the time I was 14 to the time I was um, past my 30s, I know, uh, we would get out every Sunday and we would play, if it was football season, we were playing football. And we'd have 20-plus guys there. Most of the time, we had guys sitting, waiting to get in. Of course, I never sat. (laughs) I'm just joking. Um, We play softball in softball season. But we get caught up in it, Anthony. I mean, like, we'd have some moments out there, if you know what I mean. We played rough and... um, I remember ripping shirts off guys. <laughs> guy, guy, guys quickly stopped wearing the, you know those sweats that had the, the pull tie? 
they quickly stopped wearing those because those things would come off. <clears throat> then one guy got smart and he started wearing jeans and he'd tie the flag to the, to the belt loop and we'd rip his pants off him there because we hated that. It was like, hey, you got to play fair. You just fold it in. Don't tie it onto your belt loop. <clears throat> but they get into it, man. I mean, hit some people pretty hard out there and people would get upset and get caught up in the moment. And then, of course, after the game, we'd all, you know, people circle back and, man, guys, forgive me. I, that wasn't me out there. I'm, I'm so sorry. Wait till next Sunday. That'll be me again. But, And uh, it was kind of funny because we all went to the same church. And at night, at this, we'd have service on Sunday night, and you'd see these two guys in their middle of church, and they're hugging and crying. And everybody's going, what's up with that, man? And so, oh, I think, I think they had a football game today. They, uh, you know, they're, they're getting over that or whatever. And pretty soon, people didn't even ask anymore when they saw it. Say, oh, they, they played football today. <clears throat> Parents, you ever see parents in Little League games? They get caught up in the moment. If you've seen that, raise your hand. Yeah. If you were one of those parents, raise your hand. No, I'm teasing. You don't have to do that. Um, we, we all have our, our moments, don't we? We get caught up in it. Um, I know that Jared uh, is a football coach. And I understand, I've never seen it, but I understand he can get caught up in it on the field out there with those football players. And I know that Anthony uh, coaches in baseball, and I've seen him once or twice kind of get caught up in it. And um, it's easy to do. I remember um, I've seen, this wasn't our guys, no way. Uh, I've seen the coach actually get so mad at the teenage umpire (laughs) umping the the kid's game and he started charging this kid I think he lost his perspective don't you Um, life really is a matter of perspective Um, whether you're at work um, whether you're out on the ball field whatever the situation is perspective can change things in your life So how do you regain perspective in your life? I'm here grateful that you live in this great country that we live in, the U.S. You step outside of it, you go to a different country, and you learn real quick. Um, You get a totally different perspective when you hit land here in the U.S. of how blessed we really are. If you've ever gone to a children's hospital to see and visit kids that are sick, boy, your, your perspective will change real fast. But how do you regain it when you've lost it? That moment, because in my experience, every single day that we live, um, there's something that uh, wants to get blown out of proportion. There's something. uh, There's always going to be a moment in almost every single day that you live where you're going to be faced with Uh, Am I going to let this thing swell up in me? Am I going to let it get the best of me uh, to hinder my view, um, change my emotional um, uh, outlook or stability? uh, Or am I going to, in that moment, know how to put it in its place? Um, Look at what Jesus is doing here today 
in this story. This man's paralyzed, and I've got, by the way, I've got no idea what it's like to feel anything along those lines, um, you know, to not have the use of my limbs. But Jesus does something kind of odd here, don't you think? Uh, after reading that scripture, the man is let down through the roof by four ridiculously passionate friends. Um, uh, think about, uh, and think about this, they, they lower a paralyzed man, a paralyzed man in front of Jesus, and what does he do? We all jump right away to the fact that at the end of the story, he heals the guy, but that's not what he does, at least not initially. Initially, Jesus looks at a man who, who can't walk and says, you're forgiven. Um, that's great, Jesus, but we kind of lowered him down um, through the roof, um, not so much for forgiveness. Um, that's great too, don't get me wrong, Jesus, but the guy can't walk. He can't walk. Can you imagine you're critically ill, God forbid, and you come talk to me and you say, hey, uh, I've got this diagnosis, and I say, okay, you're forgiven. Be a little odd, wouldn't it? Steve, that's, that, that's great. I appreciate that. I, I know I'm forgiven, but and that's kind of what Jesus is doing here. It had to be frustrating, um, at least for the four guys that did all this effort, made all this effort to lower him down the roof. Forgiven? I mean, forgiven? Great. Um, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, I appreciate you forgiving him. But we heard that you're a healer. And that's why we actually brought him here. And Jesus, uh, the reason he heals the man, listen, is so that they'll see forgiveness. So they'll see that they'll have a different perspective. Jesus is trying to get everybody in the room to say, uh, hey, your focus is so physical. Your, your focus is so literal I can do that. I can heal him. But, but there's something else that I've come for. You see, I, 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 it's actually the primary reason why I've come to this earth. It, it, and it, it's that so that you can see or even understand. You can't, you can't understand it or anything. But, and, and that is I've come to deal with the greatest illness, the greatest uh, sickness, the greatest plague this world has ever known in humanity, and that's your wrongdoing. That's your sin. That's why I've come. And you know what? The penalty for that is eternal death. I've come to forgive you. That's why I've come. I've come to forgive you. Now, if you're having one of those moments, like a while back, I was driving somewhere with Crystal, and someone just laid on their horn. And um, I must have cut them off. And I will say, uh, it would have been an honest mistake. I make guys a lot of honest mistakes driving. Okay? If you see me on the road, I'm telling you, Wave, and please, get out of the way. Um, like Waze GPS says, hazard 
ahead. Um, I love Jesus, but I've been known to meander a bit. You should have seen this yesterday. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. I was trying to get Courtney and Zach and Lauren and Ethan back home yesterday after feeding the homeless downtown. By the way, let's give them a hand, all of them, for spending their Saturday morning uh, feeding the hungry. And not just them, some others were here uh, packing it and all that kind of stuff. That's really awesome. Um, Those people really appreciate it. Anyway, um, I I saw some, after we were done, I saw some traffic and and I didn't want to get caught up and I didn't want to hold everybody up. And somehow I... Try, uh, trying to avoid the traffic situation, the traffic jam, I took these kids on a nice, a really cool adventure um, across the river. Um, we tried following two GPS systems <laughs> and trying to get our way, find our way back. They had closed down the highway, one of these highways. They were trying to trying to get me back, and Lauren said, I saw four or five opportunities. You could have turned uh, right and got us back home. But no, I followed the GPS. I followed GPS. Now listen, most churches, when they show a video, they show something very, um, well, fruitful and very meaningful. And so I just wanna, it reminded me so much of a little video that I remember seeing, so I wanna share that with you. If you could just turn the lights down and, and play this video, it's real short. I guess what we do is just drive around this circle here. Should be the second left exit. There's the hotel. Hey, look, kids. There's Big Ben and there's Parliament. There it is, there it is, there it is. I know. I can't seem to get over to the left, honey. I'll try next time. Sorry. We'll get out of this jam in a minute. Kids, Big Ben, Parliament again. We know Big Ben. Parliament. Look, kids. Forget it. (laughs) It's amazing. I cannot get left. There's Big Ben, kids. Parliament. All right, so hopefully that will do you some good this week and work, and uh, if nothing else, maybe give you a little laugh. But um, anyway, back to my story. This person just laid on their horn, and I'm like, really? I mean, really? Come on. Uh, I'm thinking, man, I'm a nice guy, uh, uh, and now I'm getting all upset, I'm getting all frustrated, and the last thing that I wanted that time is I don't want Crystal to say, hey, calm down, you're forgiven. Uh, that's not going to do it for me. I, I, I would, whatever, you know, whatever. <clears throat> Leave me alone. Go read your Bible, whatever. Listen, I can't begin to know the number of challenges, the number of difficulties, um, the amount of pain that you might be going through here today um, that might be sitting in this room, but I'm telling you, your, your perspective needs to change simply because you are forgiven. You're forgiven. 
If you've received Jesus in your heart, you're forgiven. And now, at first, after being forgiven, you're like, great, great, I- I'm, I'm forgiven. But that's kind of the point of my message today. We treat forgiveness a lot like the children of Israel treated uh, manna. As they were wandering in the desert for 40 years. Now, if you're not familiar with manna, it's like these little honey-dipped frosted flakes um, that God gave the nation uh, that he made um, that, that wandered for 40 years before that they actually ended up getting into the promised land. He fed them frosted flakes, basically. Um, isn't that awesome? I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. In the, in the heat of the desert, there's nothing that can grow, and here God gives them frosted flakes that come on the ground. Um, um, now, the way this worked, the way God worked it out is, if you remember the story, they would come out in the morning and the dew would, would go away. And after the dew would go away, there would be these round-like frosted flakes on the ground and they supposedly tasted sweet like honey. Every single morning, every single morning, they were there. Uh, and the only rule was that you could eat as much as you want. Like you could eat Everything, all day you could eat as much as you want. Everybody had access to it. All of Israel, there was nobody that was prevented. Everybody, you could eat all you want. You could take it, you could eat it. And the next day, God would provide you more. Isn't that cool? That's an awesome God. You couldn't save it. If you saved it, you held it over, it would rot before the next day. It was called daily Bread, daily bread. Now, let's fast forward to John chapter six, okay? Um, Now, this is not me. This is not me making a stretch, trying to connect this story together, okay? Um, um, It's a fact. Jesus says he is the manna, okay? Um, That that the manna was like sort of a picture of Jesus, that it was kind of like a, a symbol of Jesus, what I'm trying to uh, saying today is oftentimes we relate to Jesus uh, and his forgiveness the same way the children of Israel related to manna. Because it was there every stinking day. It was right in front of their face every day. And they started to take it for granted. Somebody mentioned that earlier today, to take it for granted, his presence the miracle got ordinary. The miracle got uh, routine. It got humdrum because it was always there. It was always there. God, I, I need a job. And he's like, all right, I've forgiven you. <laughs> and you're like, I, I, I know, and that really helps, but I need a job. You think God has a problem with you asking for a job? No, I don't, I don't think he does. But I wonder sometimes if we're looking for such tangible, literal miracles and we miss 
We miss the one that is staring at us right in the face when we get up every single morning. Let's look at Numbers chapter 11, verse four, or I'm sorry, John chapter six, verse 29. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do, Jesus, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus replies to them and says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you that bread from heaven, but my father gives you, listen to this, the true bread from heaven. Manna was just a symbol, a picture of Jesus. And verse 33 goes on to say, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And guys, you're looking right at him, is what he said. Verse 34 says, they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And 35 says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Everybody said amen. Amen. Now he's talking about in that scripture, your soul there. Because you're gonna wanna go to Five Guys Burgers and Fries after church is over here, all right? But he's talking about your soul can be satisfied, your soul can be full. And let me tell you something, that right there will affect your perspective on Monday morning. Are you following me? Now, about a year into the manna miracle, get this, the children of Israel began to complain, and their complaining um, lasted for 40 years, Jen. 40 years of complaining to Jesus. Every year, for 40 years, they get this manna, and every year, they continue to complain. And the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, it says, now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. This is thousands of years ago, and it sounds exactly like today. Verse five says, we remember the fish. Oh, remember that? Remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt? You remember the place where we were in bondage? You remember that? Oh, man, I miss that. I miss the cucumbers, I miss the, 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 the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlics. This is pretty, pretty prepared complaint here. I miss the meat, where's the beef? Where's the beef, God? The, the cucumbers, the melons, pretty specific. It goes on in verse six, it says, but now our strength is dried up and there's nothing at all but the stupid manna in my fridge. How many have ever said that before? <laughs> uh, how funny is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know I'm forgiven, God. I know I'm saved. Can't get a job, though. Yeah, I know Jesus loves me. I get it. But my marriage isn't working out. Where's God? Where's God? I miss the melons. 
I miss the cucumbers. I miss the leeks. I miss the garlic. I miss the onions. Now you read that list and you're like, guys, God's given you supernatural manna, for goodness sakes. And you're talking about garlic and leeks? Yep. Because that's our nature. God, I, I know I'm forgiven. And I'd say that's enough except for, you know, I've got about seven things on my prayer list. And I, man, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of them. God. And we get kind of picky. And we forget that his mercies are new every morning. We forget, and the miracle that appears every single day, which is continuous forgiveness, is always, always, always there. And we fixate on a few tangible things that we want in our life. Listen, if you, if you get to heaven one day, and I hope you do, you're gonna be like, dang, I was hung up on garlic. And he's going to be like, yeah, and I definitely gave it to you too. And you're like, you did, and I appreciate that. It tasted good, but I didn't realize the forgiveness that you had given me and what it really meant and how much I really needed it. It's amazing, the power of perspective. It's interesting that the first few days that manna appeared, it's like, whoa, this is awesome. I mean, check it out, frosted flakes every day. How many like cereal? (laughs) This is cool, man. This is crazy. It tastes so good. Listen, the the, the manna is a picture of Jesus. Come down from heaven. It's a free gift. He's a free gift. You you don't have to pay for it. It was was open to everyone, anyone, uh, and everyone, no matter who you were, everyone welcome to eat freely. And it's all about talking about Jesus here. But I think sometimes we wake up and we're like, man, work was terrible yesterday. Got into an argument with my wife yesterday. And we forget to wake up to the miracle of his forgiveness. We forget to wake up and say, yeah, I lost my job today or yesterday, but I didn't lose my forgiveness. Jesus loves me. I'm accepted by him. I'm approved. I'm protected by him. I'm blessed. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I want to show you a little illustration that I saw that I really gravitated to. And uh, I want you to use your imagination just a little bit. Um, Let's see if I can, yeah. I saw this and I wanted to share it with you because it really made an impact on me.
I want you to imagine this rope, if you would, and it just, let's just say it goes forever. It doesn't, it's right behind that, right behind that subwoofer over there, but I want you to imagine that it goes forever, like forever, like for eternity, like forever, for, you know, like around the world a million times and then it keeps going, you know, forever. And now I want you to imagine um, that this rope is a timeline of your existence. It's a timeline of your existence and you just exist forever. You exist forever. And now, can you see this? Can you see that red part? How many can, can you see it up there? I can't tell if the lights are you know, not allowing you to see it. But this red part, you see it? it? This would represent your life, your time, your time on earth. This right here. You've got a few short years. A few short years here on earth. And then you've got all of eternity. All of eternity. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. All of eternity. Somewhere else. This is your existence right here. And what's crazy is some of you, all you think about is the red part right here. That's all you think about. That's all you think about. That's all you're consumed actually with is this little space, this red part right here. You go, wow, you know, I'm going to learn everything I can right here, right about here. I'm going to learn as much as I can, and then I'm going to start working as hard hard as I can. Like right in here, I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to save as much as I can so that when I get right here, boy, I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to have a good time right here. I'm going to make sure I save some money. I can travel. I can go, like, you know, do all these things that I want to do. It's awesome. It's going to be cool. And I think you're kidding me. What, what about this? What about this? What about all, all that? And what's crazy is, the Bible says that what I do during this little red time, during this little red part, determines I'm going to exist for the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years. Just this little part right here and how I live it. So why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as I possibly can? Why, why would I spend that? As, oh man, I gotta have as much fun. As much fun as I possibly can right here and make it as, as, as much as possible. Why would I spend and be, oh man, as happy, I gotta be as happy as I can be during this time. We guys, we've got one chance, one chance at this. 
And then comes eternity. It comes, I'm stepping on eternity. I'm forgiven, but people look and they question some of my decisions because of the way I live, because of the decisions I make about my career, the way I want to spend my life here on earth. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I question it myself. And they say, man, you, and not literally, but you know they're thinking it. Man, you're stupid, dude. Giving up that, what you, you know, career, whatever. Because that forgiven stuff? That, that, that's going to take all your focus away, Steve, from your career. I mean, from your career there. And it's going to take all your focus from your retirement. What are you going to do for retirement, Steve? It's going to take away all the fun that you're going to have. I mean, it's going to take away all. Oh, I love sports. It's going to take away all my sports. It's going to take away the focus off of yourself, Steve. And it's really going to affect this part. And I say, no, 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 no. I'm... I would never call anybody stupid, but that's stupid because it's really going to affect all this. It's really going to affect all that. All those, it's going to affect eternity. It's going to affect eternity. Let me share with you one more thing today. This is the single way that we regain proper perspective in this life, and it's remembering that you're forgiven and here's the key to perspective. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first, everybody say first. Yes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. Wait a minute. You know what's dominating your perspective? All these things. You know what's uh, stealing your perspective? All these things. And God gave us a way to relate to all these things, but we don't use it. You know, how you doing, Steve? Oh, man, Whew. I am so busy. I am so busy. I've got all these things, man. There are all these things that are on my mind. Uh, I've got a lot going on, all these things. If you haven't received Jesus, I'm gonna tell you something. You can receive him freely today, freely. Uh, as freely as the Israelites could eat the manna in the morning, you can receive Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good, he says, and you'll receive all these benefits. But let me remind those who have already received Jesus that these benefits remain in your relationship to all these things Listen to me very closely. Your relationship to all these things is supposed to be different than everyone else in this world. You're supposed to be a, a peculiar people. Mm. 
What are all these things that are filling up your mind? What are all these things that are dominating your emotions? What are all these things that have, you know, you've gotten so worked up about, so worried about, anxiety about, that, that you're sick to your stomach about? If I've learned anything, guys, it's people who are generally grouches, people who are, are generally unhappy, people who are mean, that they're mean, you know what they're caught up with? All these things. And Jesus said, no, your relationship to all these things needs to be through me. It needs to be through me. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let me just say what, what he says at the end of that verse. He says, and I'm going to take care of all these things. You seek first the kingdom of God and his right. And I'm going to take care of all these things. In the verse just before this verse, he says, you know what? I know that you need food. I know I made you. I know you, what you need. I, I, I know you gotta, you gotta pay the bills. I get that. I've been providing for my people for a long time now. Don't get all wound up about all these things. Listen, people might think that you're crazy. People might, uh, uh, they, they probably won't understand but my relationship to all these things is different because of Jesus. Because of Jesus in my life. It's also about what I seek first. What I focus on first. The kingdom of God. So what's the kingdom of God as the worship team comes that, that his righteousness part gives us a little hint about what, where we're going with this key. Kingdom means king's domain. And in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it defines the kingdom of God. So listen to what it is, all right? I should say listen to what it's not because it's not all these things. In 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not all these things. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking that's not my focus. Those are all those things category, if you will. I, I know you need that, and I'm going to take care of you for that. But the kingdom is righteousness, listen close, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What's righteousness? Well, the first thing it is, is in this scripture, it's not an accident that it comes first. That's not a random chance thing that it comes first. Righteousness produces, a, a, a focus on righteousness produces, listen to me, peace. Could you stand some peace in your life today? How about some joy? These are the emotions that we struggle with on a daily basis. These are the emotions that come from a right, a righteous perspective. Talking about perspective. And that right perspective, the power to put things in their proper place, is this. It's to focus on the finished work of Jesus Christ. His gift to you. And it makes you righteous. And his mercies start new every morning. 
Every morning, you start brand new. Every morning, you are forgiven. (laughs) Wow. Every morning, you are loved. Every morning, you're accepted. Every morning, you belong in his family. Every morning, you're his son. Every morning, you're his daughter. And you're righteous. Jesus showed up, and there's this paralyzed man in front of him, and he wants to talk about righteousness? What? Jesus, he can't walk. I know, but the focus here is not on him walking. It's him being forgiven and righteous. Shall we stand? That's where the power is, guys. Listen to me very close. I know as we stand up, sometimes we let our mind wander just a little bit. But his forgiveness, his righteousness is where the power is to live an abundant life. That life, it can't be defined by income. It can't be defined by savings. It it can't be defined by retirement. Come on, Bridge. We're, We're supposed to be a unique people, a peculiar people in the world. And that says, you know what? Hey, hey, my definition of success is not all these things. Here's what it is. It's that I'm accepted. That I'm loved. That I'm righteous. That I'm covered. That I'm forgiven.